Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stevie T MMA podcast. So today we're going to be going over UFC 258. We're going to start from the uh, preliminary card, work our way up to the main card, talk about what happened, who won any big wins. And near the end of the podcast, I'm going to be giving predictions for the uh, next fight night. And none of those should be taken uh, for bets or as gambling advice. So started off, we're going to start off with the fights on the prelim- preliminary card. Um, the first one was from uh, Belil Muhammad versus Diego Lima. Um, Belil came in ranked number uh, 13 in the uh, UFC welterweight rankings. He won a three-round decision, 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. Um, a pretty big win, pretty big win for him. And uh, and when he uh, used constant pressure on Diego Lima to just keep him at bay, keep him up against the fence, Diego didn't really have any good moments during that fight. And uh, it was a uh, pretty unanimous decision, so... He'll get a uh, hopefully a top 15 opponent next since he's already in the rankings. Diego Lima was unranked. So hopefully we'll see him get somebody a little bit bigger next time he comes out. And um, the next fight was the, uh, the featured bout of the preliminary card. And it was versus Rodolfo Vieira versus Anthony Hernandez. So both of these guys coming off of the, uh, the UFC... Dana White's contender series where um, guys that aren't in the UFC come in and fight somebody else that's not in the UFC. If they make a big enough impression, they get to uh, sign a UFC contract. Both of these guys coming from that. But the uh, this was the biggest upset of the card and probably is, is going to be one of the biggest upsets of the year with uh, Rodolfo Vieira being a um, seven-time Abu Dhabi Jiu-Jitsu world champion coming in with a record of 7-0. and oh. And Anthony Hernandez, just being a Dana White's Contender Series alumni, came in with a record of 7-2. and two. Kind of just was supposed to be somebody that got fed to Rodolfo Vieira just to let him get another, another big win, you know, keep moving him up, let him get his, you know, stock up in the company. And uh, just he completely tired out. So it started off round round one. Uh, Rodolfo instantly got Anthony Hernandez down to the ground. Uh, didn't last too long on the ground. It lasted about two and a half minutes, maybe three, out of the five-minute round. And uh, kept him there, was trying to work submissions on him, which is his bread and butter. Couldn't get one locked in. And eventually Anthony Hernandez ended up standing up. And after that, three, that little three-minute onslaught, Rodolfo Vieira was just completely, completely gassed out. Um, couldn't move hardly, was already wobbling. You could tell by his face that he was just already out of there. And Anthony Hernandez kind of put um, put a little pressure on him, hit him with some big shots. Um, he ended up getting taken down again right at the end of the round, but it was, it was purely based off of being tired. It wasn't that Rodolfo wanted to take down. He had to get the takedown just to make it to the next round. So the next round starts, and um, Hernandez – of course, comes out with the pressure and lands some good shots, knocks him down about two times, and uh, it goes for a submission attempt. The first one he didn't get, he uh, slips out, and uh, the next time he knocks him completely down, goes down to the ground, ties him up with an anaconda choke to win via second-round submission. 
at a minute 53. And uh, that's the biggest upside of the card. If you were to put a bet on that and you put a bet that Anthony Hernandez would submit Vieira in the second round, it was plus 4,000. So that's just how, how crazy that was to watch, especially if you're a fan of that kind of stuff. And that will close out the, the big fights that we had on the preliminary card. We had a lot of fights get canceled on this card due to COVID-19, and that, that happens a lot. So um, the next one we're going to go to is the main card. The main card started off with um, a middleweight fight between Maki Patolo and Julian Marquez. Julian Marquez was down on all three judges' scorecards, most likely going into the uh, third round. He needed, a, he needed a finish to win. He needed to finish the guy if he wanted to walk away with the, the victory. He would have lost on the decision. Ends up getting a submission with about 50 seconds, um, about 50, 40 seconds left in the fight. He, he won uh, round three at a minute, uh, at four minutes, 17 seconds out of five minutes. So barely got it done. And the, the biggest thing that came from him and that uh, fight on this card was his post-fight interview where he asked Miley Cyrus to be his Valentine, and she actually responded to him on Twitter, which is kind of funny. Um, the second fight that we're going to go into is uh, a featherweight fight between two bantamweights. So they just, instead of cutting weight down to bantamweight, which is 135 pounds, they moved up to featherweight, which is 145, and just duked it out there between Ricky Simon and Brian Kelleher. Um, both veterans kind of not not too big of veterans but have been around long enough um ricky simon just put uh ricky simone excuse me just put uh put constant pressure on him the entire fight um kept kept him at bay kept him up against the fence took him down a couple times really just dominated the fight the entire time and didn't let um didn't let uh brian kelleher get anything big off on him um the next fight was uh Kevin Gastelum, who um, I'll go into more detail after I explain it, versus Ian Heinich. So it was number nine versus number 15 or 13 in the middleweight division, which is 185 pounds. Um, Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum uh, being the uh, ultimate fighter winner. He's on a three-fight losing streak, starting by his loss for the interim uh, middleweight belt. Didn't win it, then went on to lose a decision to Darren Till, and then lost a very weird fight to Jack Hermanson uh, via first round ankle lock. Got him in a in a in an ankle hold, and so he's on a three fight losing streak. Really needs a big win here to to get his momentum going back up. Ian Heinish is an up and comer, really good, really strong wrestling. Get wants this big win to move up into the top ten of the division. And Kelvin Gastelum pretty much just kept him at bay. Uh, I had the fight scored 30-27 all three rounds for Kelvin Gastelum. And uh, really just mixed up his boxing, mixed up his wrestling the entire time. Um, The entire time of the fight, just kept him at bay. Kept it good and uh, got the the unanimous decision win over um, a tough up-and-coming guy. Uh, so hopefully Kelvin will get a top 10 opponent next and maybe can keep that that win streak going and work his way back up to the title. So this next fight, the co-main event, which is a weird co-main event. I, I thought that the Kelvin Gastelum fight, he's a bigger name, should have been the co-main, but they uh, put Macy Barber versus Alex Grosso. This was a, a flyweight, number 15 versus number 10. 
Macy Barber being number 10. And the big deal with Macy Barber is she wants to be a, a, a world champion, uh, which, of course, everybody does. But she wants to be the youngest world champion in company history. She's only 22 years old with a record of coming in, had a record of 8-1. and one. In her previous fight, she tore ACL and had to take a, about a, a little over a year off, a year and a month or so to uh, let that heal before she could get back in and be medically cleared to fight. Alexa Grosso, moving up from straw weight, got a big win, ranked number 15. So Macy Barber really needed a win here to get back on track to, to beat that um, that record that John Jones holds, being uh, 22 years old, being the uh, light heavyweight champion, youngest in company history. So she just really got – she really just got outpaced and outboxed the entire fight. Um, first two rounds were all Alexa Grosso. First round had a lot of good m- mixing up of the boxing and the takedowns. Kept kept Macy um, back up against the cage. Took her down. Even tried to work a couple submission attempts in there. The third round was a little iffy. Macy, I feel like she knew she was down on the scorecards. If it went to a decision, she would have lost. She really turned up, started swinging for the fences, which made for a really good entertaining third round. But just couldn't get it out of there. Um, if you wanted to, you could have scored that round for Macy Barber. If not, you could have also scored it for Alexa Grosso. It was a very close round. I'd say the first half was won by Alexa. The second half was won by Macy when she started kind of really trying to throw wild, hit big shots, which is something she probably should have been doing the whole time. So, and then that's pretty much the backstory on that co main event. And Alexa Grosso won a uh, 30. 30-27, 30-27, and then a 29-28 um, unanimous decision win on that card. And then we'll go into the main event. The main event had a, uh, a lot of backstory to it. It was really the big the big fight. Usually the main event's the big fight, but usually they have a lot of fights under it that have have a lot of story to it. This was really the only one on it that had a, a really big and a decent story to it. And we had uh, Kamaru Usman or Kamaru Usman, depending on how you want to pronounce it, versus Gilbert Burns. This is for the uh, welterweight, which is 175 pound, 170 pound, excuse me, 170 pound uh, welterweight belt. Kamaru Usman going for his third title defense. Yep. And uh, so the big the big backstory with this fight is Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns have been training partners for a very long time. They used to be on this MMA team called the Black Zillions. Uh, Kamaru Usman, of course, winning the Ultimate Fighter as well. And he won up, I can't remember what season he won, but he won a season of the Ultimate Fighter, went straight into the UFC. He had a record of 17-1 uh, going into this fight. His, his only loss came very early in his career before he even fought in the Ultimate Fighter. I think it was his second or third fight. So he was very young in the game when that happened. And ever since then, it's been skyrockets for him he's on a after this win he's on a 13 fight win streak so um gilbert burns former lightweight uh lost uh his last fight lightweight he lost a knockout lost via knockout to uh dan hooker who was a top ranked guy in the lightweight division decided to move up a weight class and has just been on a complete complete tear through the uh the welterweight division knocking out damian maya in the first round getting a big win over the number one contender and uh, Tyron Woodley, making him number one, number two in the rankings, depending on the week. 
And so he finally got his title shot. But the big story was these these guys have been training partners for years. Their kids are friends. They're good, good friends. Um, they have, reportedly have done over 200 rounds of sparring together. So they, they know each other very well. And that was the big thing going into it is, is do they already know who's going to win? Has has Gilbert changed? Because Kamaru moved camps. He went to uh, Trevor Whitman's camp and started training with those guys. And Gilbert stayed the same and stayed with his, his original camp. And, I mean, the fight had a lot of buildup about that, kind of enemies turned friends, even though they weren't just enemies. They just had to fight now. And I don't think – I never thought that – there was never bad blood spoken between them. But everybody knew that it was going to be a very high-level contest just because these guys know each other so well. So uh, we'll go we'll go over this, this one round by round. So the first round starts um, – no glove touch. They didn't touch gloves. So everybody kind of thought, oh, you know, it's going to be a, a banger, a scrap. Comes out. Um, they start throwing some jabs, start throwing some feints. And Gilbert throws this big overhand right and, and knocks down Kamara Usman. And, you know, everybody thought, oh, that might be the beginning of the end. The entire first round was controlled by uh, Gilbert Burns pretty much. Other than about a minute that he ended up having to lay on his back. Gilbert Burns is a, like, four or five time. Abu Dhabi um, Jiu-Jitsu World Champion. So, and Gilbert Burns is a is a D two uh, national champion in wrestling. So, they didn't want to go to the ground with each other. They Kamara didn't want to go to the ground with Gilbert because Gilbert has such a high level submission game, and Gilbert was trying to taunt him, trying to get him to come down there, and just wasn't working. They ended up standing up the fight, and and Gilbert just kept putting that pace on him, kept Kamara on the back foot backing up, dodging punches instead of him being able to throw them. So they go to the corner. First round ends. Everybody on Twitter had it scored. Even me, I had it scored for Gilbert Burns, 1-0. So um, we go to the uh, go to the corner cam, and we get to see Kamaru, and we get to see Trevor Whitman come out, and he's, uh, he's telling him to start throwing his jab. He says, you're not throwing your jab. Kamaru Usman has a very strong, very straight, snappy jab. He's like, you got to throw that more. Keep You got to throw that at him when he comes in. He's like, he wants you to to dodge his punches. You need to, you know, throw the jab. So he listens to his coach. He goes out there and he starts he starts throwing this, this really lightning fast jab, something we haven't really seen out of him before. He's been throwing a lot more kicks too, mixing it up a lot more in the second round and keeps, Kamara, keeps Gilbert on the back foot in this round. Ends up throwing a big overhand right and just – and that was pretty much the – the end of the fight when that happened Gilbert didn't look like he belonged in there anymore after that he uh wasn't throwing good he was on the back foot everything was hurting him and he just kept popping him with that jab popping him with that jab the entire second round hurt him a couple times got a knockdown and uh we go into the third round and we're about uh I mean the third round ended in 34 seconds in Gilbert was was badly hurt Popped him real good with that jab, knocked him down, and finished him with some ground strikes. And they, uh, ref stepped in and stopped the fight. So it was a really good main event. Um, not the best card of all time, especially when you have to pay $70 to watch these kind of things. They get pretty expensive. So not the best card all around, but the main event had a good story to it. Um, they usually don't even have a good story like that. It's just two guys fighting. But um, had a good story. It was a good fight. A lot of saw Kamaru Usman come over, uh, overcome some adversity in that fight, and uh, 
It was a good one. It was a good one. So the uh, overall, I'd give it about, I'd give it like a seven out of ten. As far as we had a couple good fights, we had Bobby Green. He ended up getting hurt, couldn't fight, and a couple, another fight got canceled too. So it wasn't as long, didn't have as much on it. But all in all, it was it was a pretty good one. So uh, the next fight that we got next week, this weekend, February twentieth, um, it's a UFC Fight Night: Blades versus Lewis. So. Um, Usually these fight nights don't have just a lot of guys that you that you know big household names. If you're a, if you're a hardcore fan kind of like me, you know a lot of these guys. Um, so let's go over what we got on here. We'll just start. We'll start from the preliminary card at the bottom and work our way up. If we see any names, I'll go ahead and give a uh, what I think about it. Um, we got Jared Gordon versus Danny Chavez. Um, Jared Gordon, I like him. Can mix it up very well. Got good, good all around. He'll, um, I think he'll, he'll probably win a unanimous decision win over Danny Chavez. Uh, you got Andre Arlovsky as the featured prelim versus Tom Aspinall. Arlovsky's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes he comes out there looking unstoppable. Sometimes he, he gets knocked out very quickly. So. Who knows with him? I don't. I won't. I wouldn't pick him. I pick the Tom Aspinall. He's an up and coming heavyweight. Got uh, good skills. Good skills all around. All the heavyweights have big hands, but a lot of them have the good wrestling too. So I'll, he'll probably mix that up. Probably get Olovsky out of there. Then uh, for the uh, the main card, we'll talk about the heavyweight fight: Alexei Olnik versus Chris Dacus. Alexei Onik has a professional record of 59 wins and 14 losses. He's been fighting for a really long time. He's one of those guys that he either goes out quick or he submits you. He's a very, very good jiu-jitsu technician. You got uh, Charles Rosa versus Derek Minner. Charles Rosa is very good. His last fight he won by unanimous decision, but before that he got completely outclassed by Bryce Mitchell, who's actually from Searcy, Arkansas. And then the main event, we got Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. Curtis Blades holds a record in the UFC heavyweight division for the uh, the most takedowns. He takes everybody down. He's landed, I think, 17 takedowns in one fight, which is a lot. He's a very, very good wrestler. His bread and butter is, is wrestling, getting you to the ground and just wearing you out from there, just, just punching you and not letting you do anything. And Derek Lewis is a, uh, he's a knockout artist. He knocks everybody out. He's got the most knockout wins. And UFC heavyweight history, most knockouts, most knockdowns, all of it. So we're going to see the clash of two styles. It, it it goes one or the other way. I mean, you're going to see a guy get taken down, submitted, or just ground and pound and finish from there, or you're going to see the other guy get knocked out. Uh, I'm going to pick Curtis Blades just because we've seen Derek Lewis fight Daniel Cormier before, who's – um, a higher level wrestler than Curtis Blades, even though Curtis Blades is a lot younger than uh, Daniel Cormier. A lot, a lot higher level Daniel Cormier is. Uh, so, and he got taken down at will. Derek Lewis did when he fought him and submitted in the second round. And the first round was all just takedowns. Didn't look like he belonged in there. I think Curtis Blades just got that high level wrestling and is continuing to work on it. Goes in there and just, just takes him down, keeps him there. And doesn't let him do anything. Doesn't let him do anything. We'll give a sneak preview for the uh, 
for the next big card as well. Um, the next big card is going to be on March 6th. It's UFC 259. It's kind of one of those uh, every two or three pay-per-views that they do. They usually make them, they stack them up. They stack them up pretty good um, just to, to get a lot of pay-per-view buys. Bars will play them, things like B-Dub, Sports Bars, and everything else. They'll buy them and play them. Um, we got a lot of returning big hitters on here. we got Joseph Benavidez, staple in the flyweight division versus number three in the flyweight division. Askar Askarov, who's undefeated. we got Dominic Cruz making a return. Um, we got Tiago Santos making a return. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov's cousin, Islam Magachev, making uh, his first big, big lightweight fight. And we got three title fights. We got Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight belt, which is 135 pounds. We got Amanda Nunes, who's arguably the greatest women's fighter of all time, coming in the co-main event, defending her featherweight belt, which is 145 pounds, against uh, Megan Anderson. And then you got the uh, main event, which is Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya. That's a big one. That's a that's a very big one. Um, Jan Blachowicz, light heavyweight champ. John Jones vacated it, trying to move up to heavyweight. John uh, Jan Blachowicz ended up taking it, winning a fight and getting it. Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion, moving up to to attempt to get that belt. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really big one too. That's probably gonna be one of the bigger fights of this year. Israel Adesanya, 20, 20 wins, zero losses, zero. 20-0-0, all wins. So that's going to be a very big one. Well, I'd like to thank you all for listening all the way through. This has been the Stevie T MMA Podcast, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.